Welcome back to the Fortified Coaching Podcast with myself, Nina. And me, Steve. And we are jawless today. Oh yeah, that was a bit of a harder intro because of that. <laughs> it's okay though, because we're the funniest too. Well, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> we're the strongest Avengers also. Oh, I was going to come out with an Avenger. <laughs> an Avenger line. Yeah. How are you anyway? I'm good. I'm enjoying the sunshine in particular. Yeah. I just hope yeah. it is. And, and I've heard rumours that there's going to be snow. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um, oh, I, but it kind of, it just feels like it's getting summery, springy, summery, which is kind of uplifting, isn't it? Especially with the the few months that we've had yeah exactly how have you found this week obviously you kind of got rid of the kids and now they're back how's that been <laughs> yeah just if in case anyone doesn't know um we're recording this easter easter time easter holidays so the kids are back for for easter holidays and they had only just gone back to school following lockdown restrictions yeah. So just to make sure everyone is is kind of understanding that, um, yeah, it was, it's nice, but yeah, it it, it was a little bit like um, the the relief and getting the relief sounds awful, doesn't it? But getting back <laughs> into the routine of getting even us back into the routine of daily life, getting them to go to school during the week and, and weekends, mm. I think it makes a bit quite a difference to life, less of a, a mundane kind of groundhog day style thing so it was good for mindset yeah and, and mind frame and, and the way I felt um but it, it's cool so this week Angela my wife's off anyway so she's doing the the main bulk of childcare, and I'm still working because as you know us self-employed people don't don't get paid holidays no we rarely get time off either do we bring bring the violins well we we need to we need to give ourselves time off that's the that's the thing i agree and speaking of holidays um any plans for the easter weekend uh so just this weekend um going to my mum and dad's garden so there's a, a bit of an easter sunday gathering on the sunday yeah not much else planned um it's mine and angela's anniversary this weekend as well so um, six years of bliss and um, yeah that's about it what about yourself what have you been up to um not a lot really I went on a, a huge walk yesterday and my legs really really felt it I managed like 16,000 steps which in normal life wouldn't have bothered me but I feel like I don't know it was it, it took its toll yesterday I think it's because I'd had quite a tr hard training session the day before Mm. And my legs just felt battered from it and it was majority of it was on soft sand and I think that makes a difference um but it was nice nice weather and I do I just really do enjoy walks for mindset especially on the beach even though it was it was quite busy I found a little secluded bit and I just sat and chilled for a little bit that was nice but I haven't really got any plans this Easter weekend 
Um, next weekend, I'm going to my friend's birthday in her garden, now that it's obviously the rule of six. Mm. So that'll be the first time drinking for a while. So that I'm, I'm looking forward to a bit of a social life again. That'll be nice. Excellent. Excellent. So you're, you're one of these people who don't, don't drink in the house? No, I just don't. Like, I do, but it's very, very rare. It tends to be like, if I'm going to do it, it would be like a Friday night, and I would probably only have a couple. But right. I just, it's, I'm not a big, and it's nothing like I think, I, I don't, I don't not have alcohol because I think, oh, it's like detrimental to my health or anything like that. It's not for those reasons. I just don't have that enjoyment that people get from it. I don't get the, it, it doesn't relax me. It doesn't really chill me out. I don't really enjoy the taste. So I don't get mm -hmm. all the benefits that every, everybody else seems to get. Right, yeah. I'm a bit more of a binge drinker. I drink to get drunk. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Which I obviously right. don't promote. Cool, cool. <laughs> No, I'm like, um, I guess before lockdown, I would drink in the house kind of maybe one night a week or tend to drink one night a week. Um, and if we were out, then it would be then. And if we were in, it would be then. But lockdown has got brought that, that I don't drink every night, but just more of a habit. Yeah. A few more nights a week, maybe two or three nights a week. And it's, it's just telling how how easy it is to fall into habits yeah because you kind of because it becomes i don't know thursday friday or saturday you're like yeah it, it's time to have a drink at a certain time and it's massively habitual um so it's good to be aware of that sometimes if you want to change these things and i like to go back to it a little bit less frequent because for me drink comes with other things as well nothing bad but you know drink too much you want to eat some grease yeah is it more when you're drinking or is it more the next day do you find <laughs> um, probably a bit of both yeah which is yeah. why good idea to not drink that much yeah um and it, it depends on like like i say a lot these things ebb and ebb and flow they they come and go sometimes it's happens more and then sometimes you're a bit more conscious and you're like, oh, I'll have a, a slice of toast for my post-drink snack, and then sometimes you don't care that much, and that's fine. That's cool. Yeah, it's definitely the inhibition that goes out the window. Mine's pizza, right. usually, when I'm drunk. Yeah. Shop. I've been known to get a taxi man after a night out to take yeah. me to McDonald's drive through Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but obviously today in our podcast, we're going to touch on a few like relevant things that are happen, like happening now. So obviously Easter weekend, I think is a good, um, a good thing to talk about kind of people, maybe going for a bit more chocolate this weekend and mm. having that allowance. Um, I think we're going to talk a little bit about the gyms reopening and, yeah. um, you know, the questions that we often get asked around that and then a little bit on Ramadan which is also coming up so where would you like to start Steve? Might as well start from the the first thing the Easter um, Easter eggs I mean I know a few of my clients have expressed worries about Easter yeah um, and I think when people are in the, the mindset of losing weight 
holidays do play on on their mind and and they get in the mindset of like I'm on I'm on track and I don't want anything to derail that mm -hmm. um so it's a, a, a and I've definitely been there like it, it, for some for some people it can cause an awful lot of stress actually and anxiety over upcoming events and I know that in the past I've thought about things weeks and months in advance like oh there's a holiday that's going to halt my progress yeah um, lead into Christmas and stuff like that I mean have you had any clients express the same sort of worries or is it just who I attract no I definitely have like in last week's check-in um you know on our concerns and queries box that they fill yeah. out was like yeah. Easter chocolate yeah. children yeah. and yeah. like I think that's um, one of the, the concerns I had from one of my clients who's got two kids was the amount of chocolate they get as mm -hmm. opposed to, and it's kind of that temptation to, I mean, I had my, my nephew last week and he got an Easter egg from school and he only ate like a quarter of it. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's a weird kid. <laughs> so obviously leftovers, I was like, he was like, do you want this? And I was like, no, yes, okay. <laughs> So, and I haven't got kids, so I can imagine the battle that goes on daily for leftovers. So mm -hmm. having an abundance of these Easter eggs of leftovers from kids and them not being able to eat it, I can imagine is is a battle. Yeah, it, yeah, it does get a bit, a bit silly. It does get a bit silly. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, I guess the main problem is probably the amount, because there's always more than you, you need, but that's, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? Um, and I know, I know, not that I've got any issues with eating Easter eggs, and I will, but you always, somebody always gets you another one. Like there's always another one, and you're like, oh, that's another Easter egg. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, so the main concerns were just the amount and, and dealing with chocolate being in the household. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Um, and my, my general advice to my clients, and obviously it, it is always worth mentioning that like our clients in general, we, we do attract people who are on a weight loss journey um, and, you know, are in the middle of being quite um, on it, as you described earlier um, at the moment. And that's where these concerns are coming from. They don't want to ruin their progress. And I think my, my general response is just, reassurance that they won't ruin their progress by having an easter egg um but also reminding them that it's not an excuse to overindulge on like five easter eggs and that a balance needs to be found there like you've kind of said it's the it's the overindulgence that might start to um work against goals particularly it's so easy to eat quite a lot of calories in chocolate isn't it like it's that perfect balance of sugar and fat <laughs> that we tend to get that Moorish um, sort of, I don't even know what the word is, stimulation that we can't stop. Um, mm -hmm. So before you know it, you can, you can easily be smashing in a few thousand calories worth of chocolate in like a matter of hours. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is a kind of advice, on an advice fund, it's kind of being like, be mindful, but allow yourself I don't know if yours has been kind of similar. Yeah, I like I'm uh, I, I like to stress that there's nothing wrong with eating an Easter, you know, an Easter egg because I 
I don't know if it's just my experience taking over, but I've come from a place where I felt like I I shouldn't eat it. Yeah. Um, or couldn't eat it, whether it's because it was chocolate or whether it was because it was carbs, depending on what kind of dietary beliefs I had at the time. Yeah. It was it was kind of off plan. So it was something not to be eaten. So when I had it, it was always a bit of a, a fear, like oh, as soon as I eat that, I'm going to eat all of it and then some, and then I'll not be able to stop eating it till it's all gone. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of factors in there. Like you say, for one, it's just hyper palatable and it, your, your brain's like, I, I like that, give me some more of it. Because... Yeah, you better than me there. That was, that was better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Sorry, I'm just I'm just kind of glowing in that little bit of phrase there. Hang on. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So the brain kind of wants you to seek out foods like that from an evolutionary perspective or however you want to put it. But like the, the reward centers in your brain, are like, yes, give me some more of that. That was good. That yeah. has the calories that my that uh, that I need, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then there's the other side of it where the people feel guilty for eating it um, and oh well I've ruined my diet so I might as well eat it all and then to kind of go further they're then like well I've got to start my diet again and I'm going to start restricting again so I, I'm going to get as much <laughs> now as I can yes so um, there's probably a lot more factors involved even but those three things combined can make it difficult to not Ovary eggs, Easter eggs, and stuff like that. So I can I can understand why people do have a little bit of worry and concern. But if you can understand what's going on, I, I guess it goes a long way. Yeah, hundred percent. And like I don't know about you, like even for occasions like this, where it is occasional, like Easter comes around once a year. Mm -hmm. I've even for my fat loss clients who are under like a tracking method. So for instance, my fitness pal, I've not said to them this week, oh, bank some calories and add it to the weekend. I've not actually said that. Now I would say that if somebody regularly ate a takeaway every weekend, I would say bank calories, treat it like money in the bank. You yeah. know, that's a regular occurrence if it's happening weekly. But when it's a birthday, when it's Easter, when it's Christmas day, I don't do those things. And the reason for that is the occasional. If it's not something that is a regular occurrence in your life, then it's important to understand that you can have these occasional things and they don't affect progress. And I think that's very, very powerful for a client to realize. So I've said to a lot of my clients who've mentioned Easter, you know, don't overindulge, don't have like, you know, like six eggs, but absolutely allow yourself an egg, even two, and don't think about the calories, just have a day off and just be mindful of like, like I say, overconsumption. And I had one client saying, um, well, she asked the question, should I pull back on my calories the day after or the week after? And I was like, absolutely not. And it goes back to what you've just been saying there. Like that would reinforce guilt. That would reinforce a 
punishment cycle somebody punishing mm -hmm. themselves by restricting after an event yeah. and it's just so it can be quite detrimental to your relationship with food and your mindset when it comes to these occasional moments yeah 100 percent um so you know you made your holidays like your, your summer holiday maybe your week away easter christmas birthdays yeah. i wouldn't necessarily track or save calories for those sorts of things you'd like you say um you know that said though it's important that you then don't fool your brain into thinking oh well it's my mate's birthday yeah, yeah. so i just go from her and national pancake day or national <laughs> I know, maltesers day they, they can add up if you're not if you're not a little bit conscious of it Although National Chocolate Raisin Day, different story. Oh, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a National Pick and Mix Day? I hope there is. Probably. There'll be a national day for everything, won't there? But yeah, you're completely right. It's a delicate balance, isn't it? And it's completely mm -hmm. dependent on the person as to what advice you kind of give, because you do get some people that would kind of take advantage of that, as you've said, and they might um, kind of disrupt some progress. Yeah. Yeah, and while the advice is, or like for the Easter weekend, just to kind of enjoy it um, and yeah. allow yourself, the, the key thing is to kind of accept that you're eating it. Um, but if you, do, if you do it slowly and mindfully and not till you feel sick, it's going to be a good experience. You know, like enjoy the chocolate. It's nice. Um, and it's a joyful time to be, to be with family. So you don't want stress of, of eating chocolate to to kind of put a dampener on that. Yeah. Um, one of my clients has actually said, well, I'm going to save a few calories up for Easter Sunday. Um, and I haven't gone against that because that's that's her choice. That's what she wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Cool. And well, the Easter bunny would be pretty devastating if you didn't eat the Easter eggs, to be fair. Out of a job. <laughs> yeah. There's, do, do they, oh, I nearly, I nearly gave them a gender. <laughs> hmm. We'll move on. Let's <laughs> not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, obviously, next, have we, have we kind of covered that one, do you think? Anything, I think anything? Easter's done. Yeah, Easter's done. Eat your eggs. Eat your eggs. Um, okay, so... The, the date we're all waiting for, the 12th of April, gym's reopening. How are you feeling about it, Steve? I'm looking forward to it. Um, what gym are you going to train from? You don't actually have to say it in case you get some stalkers who are... <laughs> but, what's that, sorry? <laughs> I said, which gym are you going to train from? Have you decided? But then I thought you might get some stalkers, so you might not want to say Oh, okay. No, I'm going to train in, um, for, for the time being, Snap Fitness in Darlington. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, so I, for people who don't know, I was the the gym manager there, club manager. Um, I've left that role um, to work full-time on the online stuff with, yep. uh, with Joe and Nina. Um, but I'm still going to train there. It's the closest gym. Um, it's a decent gym. It's 24 hours, so it's got kind of everything I need. So I will be training there. 
Um, I am looking forward to, to gyms reopening. I've trained pretty consistently over the last three months, um, mostly three times a week in terms of resistance sessions. Yeah. But I've only, I've only had kettlebells in pairs up to 20 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I need loads more, but um, there are just more stuff you can do in a gym. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I'm looking forward to that variety as well. Yeah. Ferry up my training. Um, so I'll probably be there in the, in the first week of reopening. Yes. It'll be um, a booking system as well, so there won't be loads of people there at once. What about you? Obviously, you're going to be back at work on that day as well, eh? Yes, back at work, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to training um in the gym i didn't i don't think i really realized until this this third lockdown Mm. how much i like need the gym um and i don't know whether it's just because i'm literally doing everything at home at the moment and maybe if i was going out to work and coming home and training it would be a little bit different and i'd be a bit more geared up and wanting to do it but because i'm literally doing everything in the house i'm eating i'm working I'm sleeping I'm training like it's just that I'm just lacking inspiration massively um and I am consistently training um I was doing a little bit more in the in the previous lockdowns and I think that's because uh for one I had more equipment and two I lived in a bigger house with a garden at the time of particularly the first lockdown so, and obviously it was summer, so I was outdoor training a lot. Um, and it just made it a lot, I don't know, I was just a bit more motivated to do it. I think it, as well, the first lockdown was a little bit of a novelty. Mm, yeah. um, whereas as time's gone on, it's dragging, isn't it? And it's getting harder to do things. Um, and then when I moved house, I've obviously, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a flat, so I've not got a garden. So I'm training in my front room. Right. And the difference in that is is crazy. So I've I've stuck to consistently same as you training three days a week. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't wait to get back into the gym. I really can't. Yeah, no, yeah, that um, environment's a massive thing, isn't it? And yeah. um, it's very hard where you do everything in kind of almost almost everything in the same room. Yes, exactly. Um, it's it's nice to have, yeah, like feel you're in a different different place and different environment. Because um, you associate different environments and different situations with different feelings and, and whatnot. But yeah, the, the, this lockdown, I know now we've got loads to look forward to, which is awesome. Um, but the, I just, that, I think I call it lockdown fatigue. It's just, yeah. it's just wearing, just wearing on me. Yeah, good. Good description. I agree with that one. And it's it's weird. Like I say, it's weird getting the optimism of, of doing all these things, but also at the same time, just God, let's just move on and yeah, get there, yeah. get out of this. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so should we cover some kind of typical questions that we've been getting from clients, and also we've been doing quite a few like live Q and A's on Instagram and things like that, and obviously. Mm this question has popped up a couple of times around you know what's what's optimal for going back to the gym um 
we can keep it broad kind of like that I guess that that's the general question obviously it is person dependent really it, it yeah. does depend on what you've been doing in lockdown I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my my initial advice is you know if you if you have been training in lockdown you might not have had the ability to lift as heavy as you normally do but at least you've been you've kept up your motor pattern your motor, your motor skills um, so any kind of patterning that you've been doing quite regularly at home, you'll probably find that you can go back into the gym and lift heavier on those movements. So say you've done walking lunges three times a week with your dumbbells, you could probably go back into the gym and lift a decent amount of weight without too much fatigue. But if there's any movement patterns that you haven't been able to do at home, they're the ones that you need to be take the weight down um, and kind of build back up to doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, even like reducing the volume, the number of sets and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and on a on a personal front, um, I I will be going straight back to the number of training sessions that I usually do, which is it's probably more averagely four, if I'm honest with myself. If I can get a bonus fifth session in, then I'll do it. But I don't break my back to do it. Um, I, I like to stick to four sessions a week um, and normally I do like two upper days two lower days it's just my op- it's my preferred split but my first two weeks back I will be doing full body on all four sessions and the reason for that is I, I don't enjoy doms I don't enjoy soreness and as much as I'm expecting it if I train full body it will be a bit less than if I go in and smash my legs or go in and smash my upper body because doms for me hinders my next training session. So I just get frustrated more than like, Oh, I've worked hard. I don't enjoy it. I know some people do weirdly. You don't wear your doms as a badge of honor. No, <laughs> I actually get really annoyed by broadcast, them. broadcast on, on social media. <laughs> oh, I can't walk up the stairs or down the stairs. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. Don't mind like a tiny bit, but when, when you get that feeling where you have to like hold the walls as you go down to sit on the toilet, no, can't be doing it. It's that. been a long, long time since I did that to my and legs was always one of them, but chest, chest was horrible as well. Yeah. But like if you went all out on chest for a, a whole session. Oh, yeah. Horrible. No, I'm I'm with you there. I like to um spread the load. Yeah. The so, through the week. Um, yeah, my approach, because so, I've been doing pretty much whole body through the week, three times a week, um, I'll, I'll go back and I'll ease myself into it, but it will be kind of moderate, I guess, rather than all out intensity to begin with. Um, but I'm not starting at the beginning and uh, there'll be people who haven't done anything, I guess. So there are there are people out there, and, and that's it's absolutely fine. Who you can't get their head around training outside of a gym, can't train at home. They basically they believe they can't train at home, so then they don't do it. Yeah. Um, there, there may be other reasons, but for me, that's that's the main component is I can't train at home. As soon as you say stuff like that, you know it becomes truth because that's what you believe. But yeah outside of that kind of philosophical reasoning. Um, If you haven't trained over the last three months, 
you really, I would advise you not to go back on day one and smash a body part. No. Because you won't be, and you might have it not planned till the next next week, but it's not going to be any fun and you'll not be able to move and it won't, it's not going to serve any purpose really. Yeah. Um, so I would, if you haven't done any resistance training, Personally, I would suggest one or two sets of um, an exercise, of each exercise, um, slightly higher reps to more move, to more groove the pattern, uh, like Nina suggested before. That would be my approach anyway. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, and like I say, people who have been training, um, you could prob you'll probably adapt a little bit quicker to um, compared to those who haven't but you still need to act a little bit um, on the cautious sides on movements that you've not been able to perform um, and yeah just obviously planning recovery days I know for a fact people are so excited about the gyms that they're going to end up in there every single day and just to remind you how important recovery is um, you know training creates the stimulus but if recovery does everything else so if you want to grow if you want to get strength back you need to implement recovery days otherwise that's not going to happen and that's when injury tends to happen so please still yeah. just plan those recovery days and and that enthusiasm and that desperation to change can make it tempting to say i'm going to train i'm going to go to the gym every day or five days a week, make it realistic. Like what's gonna be able to fit in your life. There's no point training five, six days a week for a month and then and then not being able to do that and feeling like you failed, so giving up again. Yeah. Um, I got a good question actually um, from a client who has been training in lockdown. And she said she's been listening to our advice on like muscle maintenance. Um, and how it's actually difficult to lose muscle size. Hmm. She asked if it was the same for strength. So she hasn't been able to lift anywhere near the amount of weight that she normally does. Um, so all she's been able to do is up her volume um, and like try and train to failure as much as she possibly can in lockdown. And I thought it was a really good question actually. And I suppose that the difference you will become a little bit deconditioned. So even if you've been able to train um, as much as you normally train, but you're lifting significantly less weight and you go mm. back to the gym and you implement a bit of a strength phase where you take the weights right up and you don't perform the number, uh, you perform a certain number of reps, obviously a lot lower than you have been in lockdown. You probably won't be able to lift the same amount of weight that you had previously in a strength phase and the reason for that is although your muscle size has probably re remained the same you kind of lose a little bit of ability to recruit all the muscle fibers yeah. and that's the difference between strength training and obviously maintaining muscle mass is the yeah. actual fibers that you recruit yeah that's i was going to say the, i was going to say the muscles probably could handle it but the new, like the neural pathways won't, won't be there. So yeah, same as you just said. 
Yeah, so I thought it was a really interesting question, actually. Um, and it's one I've not had before in regards to, to going back to strength training. So I mean, would... the, there are examples of, of people training sub-maximally on, on lifts, um, you know, like not 90% or higher um, and improving strength. But like with everything, it, it massively depends and is situation dependent. But, you know, if you're a lot lower than... If you're lower than sort of 80% of your maximum load, then you might need to build it back up again. Yeah. And it shouldn't take long if you were somebody who was massively into strength training and you've only been able to perform at kind of like a hypertrophy or high volume rep range in lockdown. And then you're going back to strength. You know, it's not going to take you an absolute age. You're not going to be a beginner again, um, but you might need to dedicate, you know, a month or so to, to getting those to getting that recruitment of those muscle fibers back back up um, because a, a little bit of deconditioning does happen, unfortunately. Even though muscle maintenance is is easy, strength maintenance, I guess, is a lot harder without without the weight to lift. Mm. Um, yeah, do you have any more questions from clients or anything regarding gyms going back or do you think we've kind of covered it? Um, the only question I can think of that I've had recently is what time, of, what's the best time of day to train? Um, I mean, I don't think there is a best, I think it's kind of dependent on the person and mm. your own energy levels. I think it's, it's very, yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely a morning trainer uh, about 11 a.m., I'm not, I can't train first thing. It makes me feel sick. Um, and I, I like to have food before I train. So kind of mid mornings, generally my go-to. Mid afternoon is probably the worst time for me to train. I get an absolute afternoon slump and there's not a chance I could train after work after being at work since 6am. So I know my optimal time to train and it, I think it takes a little bit of your own self-discovery to work out what that is for you. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I mean, there's there's lots of thoughts on it, but I think a lot of it's theoretical. Um, and I always train. I tend to train when I feel at my best, which is probably just before lunch for me. Yeah, and I know not everybody has that luxury. Um, you know, a lot of people have nine to five jobs, so they've they've mm. got the option of a morning or an evening and it's that obviously is dependent on your own lifestyle yeah whether you've got kids to get up and go to school or whether you've got school runs after it's you you're not going to be at a disadvantage no matter what time you train you know resistance training at any point is is going to be a massive benefit so it's not something to overly worry about yeah um I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like there's a, for me, I, I can't train too close to bedtime okay. because I'll be too stimulated to, um, to go to sleep. And I, I believe that's true for a lot of people and probably not true for everyone, but if it, it's quite a stimulant. Um, so I wouldn't train too close to when you want to go to bed. Yeah. Especially if it's not, if, especially if it's kind of a decent intensity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that one. 
And training time actually brings us on nicely to, to Ramadan because that's the question I've been asked from two of my Muslim clients. So Ramadan is starting on the 13th of April. And for obviously people that maybe don't know, it's um, a period of 30 days of fasting. Um, now there is an eating window um, and I had a little look on the internet to see what time it is because obviously it's orientated around the sun. So I think sort of beginning of April, May time, um, their eating window is around 9, 9.30. But then obviously as the days get a bit longer, it becomes kind of like 10, 10.30. And both of my Muslim clients would like to train um, during Ramadan. And they asked me when it would be best to train. Um, and my, my general answer is if possible, in Ramadan to train as close to your eating window as possible. So I guess it's just like the exact opposite of what you just said. Um, but in this instance, this would be my advice for a couple of reasons. Um, one is the fact that obviously you're fasting all day and that includes water. So if you get up first thing in the morning and you train, you are gonna perspire. And that's gonna make the fact that you're not drinking all day quite difficult um, and potentially dangerous. So if you can train quite close to your eating window, like on a nighttime, say 8 p.m., you're gonna be eating and being able to drink within a couple of hours. And it's just a kind of safer way to train. Um, and then a couple of other recommendations I gave was possibly to stay away from cardio, again, for the same reason. Um, maybe it's focused more on strength training, taking plenty of recovery. Um, and that they were my main ones, really. I don't know if you've um, had any Muslim clients, Steve. Um, no, um, off the top of my head, no, unfortunately, I haven't. Um, I've, like, I've looked into it a couple of times when it's been um, coming up to the time. Yeah. Um, and kind of recently, this one is earlier in the year. So I, I, when I've looked at it, it's been closer to summer. So the days were even longer. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, that like that is that is the kind of advice that I gave out as well, was to kind of train as close to your eating window as, as possible. Yeah. Um, it's kind of fasting's just daylight hours, right? So you could eat in the morning, assuming there wasn't daylight. Yes. So I guess people could train, like, I know that people do train at stuff like four o'clock, so that's possibly, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but it's possible, yeah. I guess. <laughs> four or five, uh, and, then eat, and then eating before daylight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then from a nutritional perspective, um, obviously, the focus needs to change a little bit. I, I would say, obviously, this is an, a this is a religious thing, and that is the focus um, over overall. Um, and I'm not saying that dieting needs to stop. Um, there are things that obviously can be done. Um, I think the the practice of fasting will naturally um, work in your favour in some respects and will work against you in some respects so in terms of working against you, you you're gonna you're gonna have um you're gonna have to deal with hunger and as we know from the research when people 
tend to not eat all day and maybe save all their calories up for a night time, they can generally overeat because of hunger kind of taking over. Um, and it kind of becomes like, it can become a little bit of a binging episode. So all, would, all I would say is if you are doing Ramadan, be mindful of that, be mindful of your food choices. You know, a takeaway every night is probably gonna work against your goals. You can quite easily consume the amount of calories um, in a takeaway as your recommended daily target, for instance. Um, so it is just, it's the same rules apply to any other type of diet, really. Um, being mindful of your choices and still possibly being calorie aware. Mm. Um, but as, a, as an added, don't worry about the time of day that you are actually eating. It, it will make no difference to your results because I know a lot of, um, of Muslim clients, certainly in the past, have been worried about eating so late. And obviously that that doesn't make a difference. No, um, maybe if you're interested, have a, a listen to a, a couple of episodes back where we talked about intermittent fasting, uh, because yeah. some of the some of the content will apply. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. Any other questions? No, they were the main ones. It was kind of, um, like I say, my two, two Muslim clients both asked the same question, when should I be training? Yeah. Um, the diet inside, they, they already kind of know. Um, it was just more previous clients who, who worried about that kind of stuff. Cool. So, um, so, yeah, we've talked about Easter. Um, chill out a bit if you can. Enjoy these dregs slow down. <laughs> Enjoy your time with your family. Um, training back at the gym. Don't um, don't overdo it on day one. You, like there is no badge of honor for DOMS or like insane DOMS. It it doesn't doesn't really help. Yeah. Um, your summary for Ramadan there, Nina. Yeah, um, if possible, eat as close as you can to your eating window or even during it. Like Steve said, if you're somebody that can get up at 4am, then <laughs> do it. If not, though, um, late night training might be a little bit more optimal so that you can consume food and water directly after training. You might want to reassess goals as well. Like if you're used to training five days a week, you might want to take that down to like two or three days a week and remind yourself if you have been listening to our podcast, that um, that won't disrupt any progress. Training two, three times a week is absolutely fine and you won't lose any muscle or any gains. Um, potentially stay away from cardio in your fasting hours um, and don't worry too much about um, eating late at night. It makes no difference. And But if you are in a dieting phase and wanting to continue that whilst you are um, doing Ramadan, then just be mindful of the foods you are consuming in your eating window. It's the same rules apply. Cool. I think that's it. Excellent. So a few things to look forward to. We've also got Fortified 8 coming up uh, at the same time as the gyms and pubs reopen. Yes, 12th of April, last week or so to sign up. Nice. So if you do want to do that, um, I mean, you can visit 
any of our Instagrams or, or Facebooks, social medias, um, send us a DM uh, and we can let you know how to sign up for that. But it'll be good. And also we do have a podcast um, dedicated to Fortified 8 where we got a couple of guests in from the last intake to talk about it as well. So it's worth a listen. Sweet. Cool. Shall we wrap this up then and say bye? Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Cool. Well, have a good Easter, everybody, and have a good Easter, Steve. And I and you. will probably. What kind of Easter egg are you getting? I don't know, but I'm really tempted to make an Easter egg cheesecake. I'm doing that. I'm doing I that for the. I'm doing loads of them for the for the fam. Ooh, what Six. are you? Are you what getting? I don't know yet. Um, no, no, yeah. I think it's your opportunity to try Biscoff. Hmm, that would just ruin it. No. Mine's good. I'll let you know what I come up with anyway. I might get a Twix one. Twix goes well with Biscoff. And Biscoff. Mm. Okay. <laughs> right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Nina. See you later. See ya.